Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on December 28th of 2023, Aaron and I awaken from our holiday fog and get down to some serious Keep Canada Weird business. We review some listener-contributed bad Christmas stories. We're going to hear about throne vomit in Victoria, B.C., We'll hear about stolen coats in Vancouver, and we're going to talk about a home in Sook, BC, which is being referred to as Santa's Whorehouse by at least one person. So let's get into it. Hey, handsome Aaron Airport. Let me address the elephant in the room. Did you have a Merry Christmas? Yes, I did. I had a very Merry Christmas. Uh, It wasn't weird at all. It was normal and nice. Okay, you weren't impacted by crime or anything adjacent to crime. No, I, 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 I mean, I heard, I heard sirens periodically Ooh, throughout okay. the holidays, so certainly it was happening. Okay, but it, I didn't see any of it take place. Okay. Did you get any special gifts, or is there anything that stands out for you um, when you when you think back of twenty twenty three Christmas? What do you remember? Uh, I got some nice gifts. Yeah, I got a sweater with my cat's face on it. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, cat. yeah. So I really like that. It's a nice sweater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a few things like that. And then some of the usual, some socks, some, uh, you know, uh, pajama pants and oh, that's kind nice. of the usual things. Yeah. Well, I had uh, what would typically be referred to as a very Merry Christmas. I got to go to my home island of Cape Breton Island to see friends and families and loved ones. Sadly, I missed you because you're so busy with your play. Mm. Uh, As far as gift giving, we don't exchange gifts with adults, so I didn't really get many gifts, but I did uh, vicariously receive gifts through my children who were spoiled rotten by Santa his army of elves and my family. It's been a Merry Christmas. It's certainly not anything I would ever refer to as a bad Christmas. And we are going to hear some of those stories today. I know, Dom. I'm excited to, well, I mean, it's, it's weird to say that I'm excited to hear about people's horrible Christmases, but I am. Maybe that'll make our Christmases uh, elevate it to the, even to the next level by hearing stories of Christmas gone wrong. And we're going to mm-hmm. get into a bit of that tonight. So typically we focus specifically on keeping Canada weird by highlighting the weird, unique, offbeat, and unusual Canadian stories that played out over the last week. And there will be some of that tonight, but we're going to start it off by listening to some bad Christmas stories that listeners or members of the Keep Canada Weird Army have submitted to us for our listening displeasure or pleasure. I guess we'll see it as the stories uh, play I'm out. anticipating pleasure. Okay, well, let's get into it. You want to jump right into the bad Christmas stories? I do, yeah. I've been waiting all week for to hear these bad stories. I haven't heard them yet. These are all fresh for me, so I'm excited to have very organic reactions to these okay. horrible Christmas stories. They, they range all across the gamut from 
ones we can laugh at to stories that are truly dark and awful Christmases. So buckle up. We're going to go on a little roller coaster ride here before we get into the weird Canadian news stories. Let's mm-hmm. start by hearing about um, Greg's worst Christmas. And this one touches, actually, I'll let him explain, but this, I'll, I'll give you a, one hint, does involve animals. Listen Ooh. to this. Hi, Jordan and handsome Aaron Airport. This is Greg from Prince Edward Island, and I wanted to send in a voice memo about a Christmas story that didn't go so well. And actually, it ties into uh, one of your other main themes on the podcast, uh, the animal uprising. So this was probably seven or eight years ago. It's uh, so traumatic that certainly I don't exactly remember what it was. And uh, you have to know first that my in-laws come over every day on Christmas uh, Day there, and they, you know, watch us open presents and share the joy that is Christmas Day. So we were just getting ready to leave. It was just uh, before lunch there. We were, you know, the in-laws were packing up, and we were packing up, had all presents and food and going out for the day with the kids, and it was going to be just lovely. And I, being the responsible husband I am, decided I would turn on the dishwasher, you know, come home to a lovely house full of clean dishes. And when I did that, you know, just turned on and everything seemed normal, got everything together, said, all right, here we go. And I went to turn the light off and lo and behold, well, buckets and buckets of water pouring out of this dishwasher. So I turned it off and, you know, water's everywhere. We got a mini flood here and Unfortunately, we found out that the dishwasher is actually built into the cab, uh, the, the countertop there. So we had to kind of pull it right out and had to break the countertop a little. It's still broken to this day. I didn't get around to fixing it. So it hasn't been a decade yet. Uh, and so we're trying to locate the source of the problem, the father-in-law and I. And, well, it turns out that something had chewed through uh, through the drainage hose. And so when the dishwasher started to drain, it took all that lovely hot, dirty soapy water there on Christmas Day and poured it all over our hardwood floor. And uh, given that what we could see around the hose, it certainly was definitely a rat that had chewed through that. And no way a mouse was chewing through this thing. Uh, and it looked like it made pretty short work of it as well. Why it did that, uh, some would say perhaps some sort of animal instinct, but that is obviously not the answer. Obviously what happened is this rat saw us having a great time on Christmas Day with the in-laws and food and presents and visits from Santa and said, no, sir, no, sir, this will, this will not pass. And being the clever animal that a rat is, it decided the best way we could uh, disrupt that was to, well, to dump water all over my hardwood floor. Anyway, uh, thanks, guys, and uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. You know, when you have company come to your house, you want everything to go perfect. Like I'll, I'll clean up and, you know, tidy up and all that around the house. But the idea of like, I, I get what he's saying with, you know, we were heading out. So I wanted to run the dishwasher. So everything was clean. That's something I would do. But in the middle of the holiday, buckets of water, dirty, soapy water, hot water pouring out over your floor. You're never going to get an appliance repair person or a plumber. Yeah, that's a nightmare. To find out it was a rat, maybe that even mm. makes it worse. What, what do you think of this? Well, this is one of the reasons that I never turn a dishwasher on and then leave the house. Mm-hmm. I, I do the same with the washing machine, with the dryer. I only run those things if I'm going to be home the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I've heard of 
not because of rats, but because of various reasons, dishwashers will eventually do that. You know, if something, something goes happen. Yeah, if something goes wrong. Yeah. You want to be there to deal with it. I'm more tr concerned about. You said the dryer, your clothes dryer. I don't run that when I go to bed. That's my only rule. In case there's a fire, because they can cause a fire. But yeah, you can have a buildup of lint in the mm -hmm. in the dryer, and it, and it can catch. And um, so yeah, I never. You know, the dryer, I will run if I'm going to bed, but, um, you know, I never leave the house. As long as I'm home, I feel comfortable that I can react to any issues that may arise with uh, mm. a dishwasher, a washing machine, a dryer, all of these things. Um, and in terms of the rat's motivation, this was a number of years ago. What was it, like nine years ago? Well, he said he hasn't fixed the countertop yet, that he had a damage to get at the, to access the back of the washer. And he did say it hasn't been a decade yet, which I giggle yeah, that. So yeah. it's been less than 10 years. Less than 10 years, but it sounds like it's in the nine-ish region. Mm -hmm. So that's a long time ago. I don't know if the animal uprising had become organized at that point in time mm -hmm. uh it may be it may have been on the minds of animals a little bit but i don't think they started to act at that point in time nine years ago i yeah. feel like the the initiation of the animal uprising is in the past two three years yeah so it doesn't really fit our timeline greg i think it's just a case of looking into the past with a modern day lens on you can see any incident involving an animal and be like it's the animal uprising but no, our timeline pretty clearly puts the, the events related to the animal uprising in the last two to three years. So I think that's just an unfortunate co uh, coincidence that I don't know if it ruined Greg's Christmas, but it would have certainly complicated activities in and around his kitchen. Yes, it would. Yeah. Let's step away from the listener stories for a moment. And I want to tell you about someone else who had a bad Christmas this year, and that is the Victoria, British Columbia police department have you heard about the cup of vomit not before researching for this episode yeah <laughs> let me tell you so th this all comes from i think it was the chief of police for the victoria police um made a tweet kind of giving residents of victoria bc an update on what the police have been up to over the day uh, here's a news article i'm going to read you um, based on that tweet a suspect threw a cup of vomit at a Victoria police officer during a busy, a busy Christmas Eve for law enforcement, according to the city's police chief. The officer was trying to remove a passenger from a BC transit bus when the vomit incident happened. Another officer was allegedly assaulted after responding to reports of a man who refused to leave a local store. Silver lining, one officer returned to his patrol car parked downtown after a call and found a kind citizen who had left a Tim Hortons gift card on his car. Good or bad, the Victoria police are on the streets keeping everyone safe and ensuring Santa's safe arrival, says the police chief. So just, I guess, gives us a little bit of a snapshot of what the Victoria police uh, were dealing with. And I would love an explanation of what actually happened there. And yeah, Tim Horton's gift card. So the cup of vomit, when, so they would have already been holding this cup of vomit before they were asked to be removed from the train. I, I can only assume that the cup of vomit was a part of them being asked being asked to get off the train. If you get on a train, a packed train on Christmas Eve, holding carrying a cup of vomit, people are going to notice that. They're probably going to ask you to leave. Could that be it? 
Yeah, I mean, but if they were sick on the what was it a, a train or yeah, what was I, it? yeah, they just describe it as a train. I'm guessing like a subway or something. Yeah, like a subway. So if somebody is unexpectedly sick, and then they vomit into a cup, I mean that can be considered a very uh, polite thing to do. Yeah, certainly. You know, that's your civic duty. Is I'm not going to vomit on the floor of this train. I'm going to vomit into this available cup. Yeah. And then I'm going to hold on to the cup until my stop. And then I'll dispose of the cup mm -hmm. into a garbage can on the streets. Something to that effect. Um, so I think there could be a real misunderstanding here. And this passenger may have been wrongfully removed mm -hmm. from this public transportation uh, vehicle. Yeah, and it may have been a misunderstanding and a miscommunication, but I think it could be the passenger um, who whose lack of ability to communicate may have uh, been a part of the problem because rather than explain themselves to the officers uh, of, of this misunderstanding, it sounds like they just decided to throw the cup of vomit at the cop. So maybe this is a case of a misunderstanding, poor communication, and ultimately just a big mess on Christmas Eve. Well, you can get so upset so easily if you're being wrongfully removed from public transportation. And you're and, sick. Got the flu. And you're sick and you're irritable. And it's like, I did the right thing here. Like you're, you're confusing the situation and that can make you very upset very quickly where I think any civilized human being could be brought to the point where they also throw vomit at a police officer. Yeah. Shame on you, Victoria Police. Yeah, it feels like they didn't get the whole side of this story. Mm. And and it's unfortunate that that this you know, good Samaritan who vomited into the cup <laughs> had to yeah. have their character be smirched. Yeah, but it shows the power of journalism where journalists like us can take this story and just you know shine a spotlight of truth and honesty at it and yeah i think i guess what we've been able to do is offer redemption and if this individual hears us uh giving them the benefit of the doubt you know contact us and contact we'll Aaron. on the show contact, contact Aaron. me yeah, yeah. And and we'll get you on the show to tell your side of the story. And hopefully they're feeling better and they don't vomit while they're on the show. That one we'll do through Zoom. Right, right. Let's hear someone else's side of a story. Let's hear from Abby about her worst Christmas, one in which she almost died. Listen to this. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. Um, my name's Abby. I'm from... Florida over in the States and my submission today is about the worst Christmas experience. Um, I believe I was about 11 or 12 years old and I had been wrapping gifts for my parents and I was upstairs and I had the wrapping paper tube. We had, I believe we had four big dogs at the time and I had the wrapping paper tube and I was running downstairs in my excitement um, this was Christmas Eve as well, so I was a little bit late on wrapping my presents. And I ran downstairs with the tube, and I had decided it would be a good idea to put the tube in my mouth 
and my lips were completely over the tube. And I ran down the stairs, hollering at my dog, making howling noises that were exemplified through the tube. And I got to the bottom and I tripped over the dog and at the bottom of the stairs where the tile was, I landed tube first into the ground and the tube impaled the back of my throat. Um, I came down and I was screaming and crying and it was a whole mess and um, my mom immediately starts laughing at me and my dad had a look of concern on his face. My mom thought I was being dramatic and I went into the bathroom and I was spitting up blood and, you know, my dad said, hey, this is, this looks a little serious. There, she has a hole in her throat. Um, And my mom finally came in and she, she worked in um, medicine for a long time. So she was not easily um, concerned by any illness or injury. She just chalked it up to, oh, you'll be fine. But she quickly realized that it was an issue and we went to the ER. And um, of course, it was like 10 o'clock at night at this point on Christmas Eve. And they come in to look at me and the doctor then proceeds to ask if his residents can come in and look because they had never seen anything like it before and they couldn't believe I had done this with a cardboard wrapping tube. They were convinced it was a steel tube or something much heavier and stronger, but it was in fact a cardboard wrapping paper tube. So ever since then, everyone always jokes and gets me a giant cardboard tube for Christmas. So that's my Christmas story. Um, Thank you guys for listening and I really love the podcast, especially coming from the U.S. Um, I love hearing Canadian stories and you know I love what you guys do. Thank you. Well, we got some news coming up for Abby, but before we get into any of that, uh, that is my nightmare. Like the idea of like having something in your mouth and falling and having it like forced into your throat. Uh, I have nightmares about that sort of thing, but as dark as this story gets, when I think of her running around yelling, like screaming at, at her dog through the tube of wrapping paper, falling and getting impaled on it, it's hard not to laugh at it, but a hole in someone's throat and spitting up blood is never funny. That's a bad Christmas. No, the results are very serious. Um, and then to have the insult to injury when she's at the hospital and the doctor is like, I got to bring people in to see yeah. this. I've never seen this before. Never a life. good sign. Never. You do not want to entertain the doctors. You want them bored of your common problem. Yeah. 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 I had a doctor say that to me once when I went to outpatients, my thumb had swelled up. Okay. And I went to outpatients, took some x-rays and then I was waiting in the room after the x-rays and he comes in he's like you want to come see your x-rays and i was like sure so i went into this other room with him where he was looking at it he just had an x-ray of my hand up and he's like i've never seen this before <laughs> <laughs> wow um I, I was like oh okay that's great yeah lovely uh in abby's situation though obviously she's um survived this her voice seems to work just fine although it does seem a little crazy around her place i don't know if you could pick up the ambience in the background there but it sounded like there was a maybe a baby and i think i heard a dog as well i think abby just has a lot going on and she probably doesn't live the sort of lifestyle that enables her to run around with uh, tubes of cardboard in her mouth without 
repercussions. Yeah, you hear often about don't run with scissors, but you never hear don't run with cardboard tubes in your mouth. Mm -hmm. So I guess you never is, hear that. This is a bit of a public service announcement. Yeah, it is, and I'm I'm happy that she shared her story because I've got a bunch of cardboard tubes here, and I was going to put them in my mouth and run downstairs after recording. <laughs> It is a blast to hear your voice distorted by the sound of a yeah, I don't know, passing yeah. through a tunnel. I, I do know in my house, um, when a wrapping tube, when a tube of wrapping paper is expired, it is a battle between my children for who gets to use it, either as a tube to yell through or a sword to hit the other one with. Uh, I'll think twice about that next time. Yeah, I'll fear, I'll fear cardboard for the rest of my life now. That's... <laughs> Let's um, let's get into, we're going to move away from listener voice memos for a second and move on to another modern day weird news item. And I think it relates to Christmas. This is kind of a callback to last week. We did a collection of uh, Canadian crime stories. But this one, I don't know if we've inspired this to happen or what, but there is a bizarre story that just played out um, on a uh, Metro Vancouver sky train which is i think is their like above ground subway sort of thing i've never heard of a yeah of a yeah. sky train or i never heard i've of heard of them yeah in vancouver and i think i think more in the western part of the country you see them but okay. uh the sky trains yeah i think toronto's got some too don't they i've never heard the term sky train but it very oh well okay made. i've heard it before yeah okay. uh based on what i saw through this news clip for people who are just listening it looks to be an above ground um, subway sort of system that runs through Vancouver that had a rather bizarre arrest on Christmas Day. On a strange case out in Vancouver, police arresting a man on a sky train. He had a rolling rack of winter coats that he had allegedly stole. A transit worker noticed the 35-year-old man roll the rack of stolen goods onto the train on Christmas Day. The music playing, 34 jackets in total, worth about six grand. Police believe the coats were stolen during a break and enter earlier that day. So it's only a short clip, but ultimately what happened is the staff of the SkyTrain noticed a man rolling a large rack of winter coats, like the kind of rack that you would see in a store when you're browsing coats. He rolled one onto the train. They called the police. Police responded and turned out they were stolen or allegedly stolen from a break and enter earlier in that day. Why would you do that? It seems like such a logistical nightmare to steal that many coats for $6,000. Yeah. And not only that, there's the hassle of then selling them too. Like is like selling $6,000 worth of coats is going to be a real pain. It just doesn't seem like a very well thought out crime at all no it certainly doesn't um i it does mention he's of no fixed address i like to think that this was a sort of robin hood scenario and maybe he was going to pass out the winter coats to other friends of no fixed address that needed to keep warm in vancouver during the winter months i hope it's something like that but either way the idea of um rolling a large rack of you know 30 something winter coats onto a train on Christmas day is certainly going to uh, capture some people's attention. I'm not surprised that it ended mm -hmm. this way for him. 
Yeah, it seems like one of those last second crimes where something happened in the store leading up to this moment where then the individual just snapped and then grabbed a rack of coats and ran with it. A crime of opportunity, I think you're describing? Not opportunity, just a crime of passion. <laughs> I love these coats. No, it no. Like, just imagine you're in a store and you're arguing over, like, this says it's 30% off, but you're telling me it's not or something. Mm. And then an argument ensues between the cashier and the customer. And then it escalates to the point where the customer just snaps, grabs okay. the entire rack of coats and runs out the store with it. Okay. Passionately. Mm. Okay. <laughs> That's what a crime of passion is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a crime of passion. So that could be it. I think whatever the story is... Um... Something interesting happened there that led to a wreck of stolen coats uh, being dragged onto the train. So that I think we can both agree on. Yes, we can both agree that something happened. Let's move on to our final bad Christmas story. I saved this one for late in the show because this one, it, this affects me. Stories that involve bad things happening to children, uh, that is like my soft spot. Uh, it hurts me. And this story does involve a sick kid making Ray's Christmas the worst. And then we have a palate cleanser to follow. Here it comes. Hi there, I'm from Halifax. I'm just calling about my worst Christmas ever. It was five years ago and we were leading up towards Christmas and my oldest child started feeling kind of yucky. And we thought, you know, you got a flu or whatever and we just kind of, you know, give you some Gatorade and kind of rest. But then it got worse and worse. And we thought, we got, we're going to call 811. We're going to call the nurse line. So we called them and they asked us a few questions and they suggested that we get an ambulance to the hospital. And we thought, like, that seems a little extreme. Kids tired and feeling sick, um, but not ambulance worthy. So my wife actually takes our kid to the hospital. Uh, then I get a call and my wife's calling and says, oh, our kid has diabetes. And I, I'm thinking, great. Um, we know what it is. We know what's causing our kid to feel sick. So uh, I'm going to head down there. So I get down to the hospital and it's Christmas Eve. We I go down to the emergency room, but of course I had to go around the back way. The hospital, the children's hospital in Halifax is kind of a bit of a maze. Anyway, I go down around the back way and I pass this room and on the door it says resuscitation room and there's all this kerfuffle and noise going on in that room. And I think, oh my gosh, it's Christmas Eve. I'm so thankful that that's not me in that room. So I walk up to the front desk and I say, oh, my child is here. Um, can you direct me to them? And I give their name and they say, oh, come right this way. And they took me into that resuscitation room. Now, I'll tell you, it is quite the experience to see your kid almost on death's door for any reason. Um, but to have to, the, the, the one part that sticks out to me is my child being in the ICU overnight to Christmas morning um, and having to write a note from Santa Claus that says, I see you're very sick. Um, I will come visit you when you are feeling better. 
anyway, kids feeling great and it's a happy ending and we're doing fantastic. However, that was, yeah, that was the worst Christmas ever. Doesn't get a whole lot worse than that. No, no. Well, it could have gotten worse. Yeah, I don't even want to think about that. But Christmas is uh, so clearly for the children that if if anything bad happens, like the earlier stories we we heard we heard about the um, it was Greg's story with the dishwasher breaking or something. If something like that happens in your house, if you have children, your your thought is immediately like, what can I do to deal with this now that doesn't take away from my kids' Christmas? Like you you want to kind of protect it at all costs around the children. Uh, to have something like a quick like a intense sickness hit your kid on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's awful. I feel for her. That was a bad Christmas, but I guess uh, it worked out. Everything is fine, as she said, and that probably made the future Christmases even more more special because uh, when you have the context of how south it can all go, um, yeah, I guess maybe that would motivate you. Yeah, it's it's a kind of, you know, we were calling out for stories of bad Christmases or whatever, you're kind of more thinking lightheartedly bad, yeah. kind of similar to the rat eating the mm. dishwasher hose and mm. uh, things, stories like that, where I'm like, ah, this is, you know, I don't really know how to have fun with this story yeah. or just be thankful that the, everything worked out the way it did. And certainly you do not want to be in a Christmas uh, children's hospital at Christmas. And I feel bad for anyone who ends up there. No, no, that's truly is an actually bad Christmas. Yeah. We feel for you, but we're glad it's uh, you're you came out the other end and we hope everyone listening has had a great Christmas. Hopefully those were the only three bad Christmases that have ever happened in the world ever I played that that story at that point because I have a good palate cleanser there's a story that played out in Souk BC uh, involving Christmas and someone's attempts to crush someone else's Christmas spirit and the way it all comes together I think is uh, quite uplifting and inspiring Let's hear the story of what I'll refer to as Santa's whorehouse in Souk, BC, but you could also call it a Christmas abortion. And you'll see why as we go here. Yeah, yeah it's dark. Uh, listen to the story. It's, it's going to be told in two parts because we'll have the actual news coverage and then we'll have a follow-up story. This involves Cheryl Dintz, who has been bringing holiday cheer to her Souk, BC neighborhood by elaborately decorating her house for more than a decade but a neighborhood Grinch is trying to ruin her Christmas spirit. On Wednesday, she opened her mailbox and found a disturbing anonymous letter. Saw this big bow and phoned my husband right away, told him I had to have it. It started out, well, not exactly small. Just bought lights. At that time, we bought 72 boxes. <laughs> that was 14 years ago now, and the display here at Cheryl Dintz's Souk home has only grown exponentially ever since. This year, the Christmas tree is new. I keep going. But a certain Scrooge has other ideas. Yeah, it's a bit of a shock to get. Earlier this week, Dince received this letter in the mail. Disappointing. Not your average Christmas card. It says, why don't you give our neighborhood a break? Haven't you ever heard that less is more? 
it shocked me, put a little bit of scare into me, um, wondered what kind of person could do this. With every line, the message becomes even more concerning. Your house is the joke of the neighborhood. Followed by a couple of other things we won't be repeating here. I was kind of angry. Uh, phoned a few friends about it. Then, Dince decided to post it to Facebook, and the community was quick to put the sender on the naughty list. One person posting the rest of the neighbors should pitch in and add more to the display. Yeah, I was shocked a little bit to, uh, to hear about some Grinch talking like that about a nice house with all the decoration. If only the letter writer knew why Dince is doing this. Yeah, my son passed away in September, and uh, I'm finding it very therapeutic to be out here and decorate. It's really taking my mind off sad things. Tony Plant died of a heart attack at just 42 years old. But a mother's darkest days are now a little brighter. They're really big. <laughs> and it's going to take more than a few words to dim this spirit. I almost had thought to myself, how many more years am I going to be able to do this? I'm not a spring chicken anymore. And, uh, and then after this letter, I thought, well, I guess I'll just keep going. There was nothing in the world that would motivate me to ramp up my decorations than a letter like that dropped in my mailbox by some neighborhood Karen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny when you see the the news coverage of this and they have videotape of the house, you know, they're showing pictures of it and it doesn't look that crazy. No, I've seen far more elaborately decorated houses. Like I would, I would consider this like on a scale of zero being not decorated at all to 10 gone way too far. I would call this like, I don't know, a six maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I've seen so many more elaborate houses decorated for Christmas than this was. Mm -hmm. um, but I also find it's, it's hard to say like the person who left this letter, they, it, we don't know if they knew that her son died. They went that angle with it on the, on the news story. And, and she kind of mentioned this like, well, the reason that I decorate so much is because my son passed away recently and this has helped me deal with the loss, uh, which I can totally understand. Mm -hmm. uh, but the individual who left the letter may not have known that their but, son passed away recently. Yeah, but I think even regardless, it's um, even if the reason she's decorating is just because she enjoys Christmas, because it said she's been doing it for a decade. So maybe it's helping her get over or uh, deal with the loss of her son. But she's been doing it before he passed away as well, probably because she enjoys decorating her house for Christmas. And who cares? It's not worth dying on that hill because it's only up for a couple of weeks at the most seriously in in this letter is pretty vulgar uh they didn't read the whole thing in that news clip i'll read it to you so there was a an envelope that said like dear like it said like to the resident and and then it had her address uh, inside the envelope was a short letter that said give our neighborhood a break haven't you ever heard that less is more your house is the joke of the neighborhood it looks like Santa's whorehouse or a Christmas abortion. Tone it down. It's like that is a yeah. vulgar note. 
It doesn't look like a whorehouse. Santa's I can say house. that, you know, I've, I've been to so many of them, but uh, it does not look like a whorehouse. Um, and then to say like a Christmas abortion, like how like vile of a thing to say to someone. Yeah, this house is decorated quite nice. Uh, I don't really see the connection to to a Christmas abortion. So it just seems like they're randomly saying nasty things to get a reaction out of their neighbors. Well, so it's, it's just a clearly like a hate-filled pathetic lonely miserable if person the letter yeah if the letter was was diplomatic then i could have more sympathy for the neighbor who doesn't like the decorations where mm -hmm. it's like you know and in, in this neighborhood i've lived here for 60 years and i really do try to keep a certain aesthetic in this neighborhood and you just want to kind of give you a heads up that the rest of the neighborhood is is too polite to say anything. So we decided to write a letter uh, and find that your decorations are going a little bit further than we'd like to on this street. Mm. I would be so motivated to try to find out who wrote it. I would love to know, like, if it was me, if I got something like that, I'd be on a mission to track down. I like I, I, I was even trying myself. I read that letter and I'm like, it's someone it's a female who wrote it. I can tell by the handwriting. And they seem a little older, just based on the handwriting. It looks like someone someone's grandmother would write or something. I don't know. I just think if I got that letter, I would go so far with making my decorations just insane from that point on. And it seems like a lot of people in the fate, like the community Facebook group that uh, she shared the letter to, they felt the same way. Like there was discussion of people pitching in and taking part and trying to ramp up the decorations. And let me let that be the segue to the follow up article. I'm going to play you another uh, news article that aired like a week or so later uh, about the support that the homeowner has gotten. The anonymous letter writer called Cheryl's house the joke of the neighborhood before making other comments that don't need repeating, but did make Cheryl feel afraid. Thinking, you know, who's out there that could be this angry? Although Cheryl suspects she'll never know who wrote the letter, she has no doubt why she spent so much time decorating this year. Yes, it's different. Mm. You see, Cheryl's son died a couple months ago, and working to display all this light during such a dark time is like therapy. But it really helps me get through. And so too has what happened after a friend posted that letter on a local online community group. This is amazing. It's hundreds and hundreds of responses. Which inspired thousands and thousands of words of encouragement from as far away as Ireland and New Zealand. So that gives me joy. But nothing could prepare Cheryl for the following days when she found her mailbox overflowing with dozens of actual letters from strangers across the country complimenting her decorations. And it brought tears to my eyes. And then those tears turned to laughter after someone who lives hours away gifted her a giant Grinch to add to the display, inspiring Cheryl to make a merry modification. Perhaps that person will walk past and see the exact letter in the Grinch's hand. <laughs> and perhaps they'll also be reminded of the true meaning of Christmas. Perhaps like the Grinch, they'll feel their heart grow three sizes that day. I think that's a nice ending. Mm -hmm. to that yeah, story. it is a it is a nice ending. The Grinch uh, decoration with him holding the occupant address letter <laughs> is, is pretty great. I just hope whoever the crank is that sent sent it has to like walk by that every year and see it because that's that's awesome.
Yeah, yeah. The the news coverage in this uh you've been on the news a few times, you know, I've I've been on the news a few times where they show up and they get you to kind of give them some background footage mm-hmm. so they get you doing something related to the story. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, when I, often when I've been on the news for like a show we were doing they try to stage a rehearsal like why don't you just hold a script over there and pretend you're reading it and i'll film that uh things like that and i like that they got her in this one to do a reenactment of her receiving the letter so it was inside the mailbox already opened clearly so they had her walk to the mailbox unlock her mailbox open it up and then take the already opened letter out and react you're like what and react, <laughs> yeah it's uh the whole thing is wild but i think um cheryl has a great reason two great reasons to decorate her her house big time next year one is because it'll help her deal with the loss of her uh, the untimely loss of her son and secondly it'll be great to you know screw with the idiot in your neighborhood yeah But we also don't know where this neighbor is coming from yet. We don't know their story. Uh, Maybe they had someone pass away recently who hated Christmas. Uh, Like a relative who was killed by like a Santa impersonator or something. Or maybe a Christmas, maybe one of those big Santa's sleigh decorations fell off a roof and crushed Crushed their relative to death. Okay. And so now they hate Christmas decorations and her house just drives her crazy and makes her think of her lost loved one. Uh, that said though, we did open the door for bad Christmas stories and I think we got the only three. Oh, you're right. Yeah. We would, they would have called in if that happened. Yeah. yeah you're we right. Would have, we would you're have right. heard about it. So I say unjustified, I'd say find out who sent the letter and lock them up for being cranky. I do want to hear their story. I do want to know their life, what happened to them all of the various uh, instances that that occurred throughout their life that brought them to be the person that they are today. Yeah, anyone who refers to a decorated house as Santa's whorehouse or a Christmas abortion certainly has an interesting backstory. Mm -hmm. So what we'd like you to do is contact the show, because clearly you listen, and come on the show and tell your story. We'll have the vomit person on to tell their side of the story. Uh, this will be our Christmas follow-up episode. Mm-hmm. So we'll have the vomiter into the cup on the subway. We'll have the jackets thief. Mm-hmm. And we'll have the neighbor who left the letter. Mm. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to get to the bottom of that. But here's the thing. We got to talk about something else quickly before we wrap this up. Because as the result of an incredibly generous donation, financial donation, from a member of the Keep Canada Weird Army... We're going to be able to get to the bottom of a lot more stories. So I don't know if you if you've noticed something here. Is we're covering weird Canadian news and events, uh, but a lot of our voice messages are coming from Americans who are getting us up to date on Tim Hortons reaching into their country, or you know we heard about a bad Christmas in Florida. Uh, an international listener, member of the Keep Canada Weird Army from the United States, saw the opportunity and the need for you and I to look at not only stories playing out in Canada, 
but stories that are playing out in the United States. When they reached out to me originally, anonymously, I said, we just don't have the bandwidth. We can't afford to go down to the United States to follow the news and investigate these sorts of things. We, you know, we can't afford the airfare. They said, how much does it cost to make that happen? And I gave them a number for, you know, this is what it would cost to get me and Aaron down there, you know, once a week or once every second week to collect newspapers and get to the bottom of, you know, all these different stories. And next day, opened my mailbox, addressed to occupant, was a check for that exact amount down to the dollar. Long story short, Aaron, in 2024, we're going to America. We are. We're going to do, I guess, maybe a monthly episode that won't be called Keep Canada Weird. It'll be called America Is Weird. And it's going to follow the same style and format that we're doing here. But we're going to just collect the month's most incredible, unique, offbeat, and unusual American stories. And with the help of our American um, colleagues in the Keep Canada Weird Army, we're going to dissect those stories. Is this something you think is a worthwhile pursuit? I do, because I think it's going to help us as we learn about America's weirdness, it'll help us reflect on our own weirdness mm -hmm. and then in turn uh, help us keep Canada weirder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be an exercise in context, but again, it's something that um, if it weren't for the generous donation of an American member, we never would be able to do this. We're so isolated here in Canada, we would have no idea what's going on down there. Now we can put ourselves there when need be and dig into the weeds. Into the weeds we go with our machetes. That said, if anyone listening, um, if any American Keep Canada Weird Army members are listening that know of a unique, offbeat, unusual American story that hasn't seen the light of day in a platform through a platform like ours, let us know because we're we're starting to rally right now and getting some stories together. You can contact us via voice memo sent at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We're excited to hear from you. Before we wrap this up though, Aaron, anything you want to say or anything we should get into or do you think we've done our work? I think we've done our work. Keep the voicemails coming in 2024. We'd like to wish everybody a happy new year. It's coming. And... Yeah, so like Christmas always has weird events surrounding it. Certainly New Year's Eve will too. Hmm. So certainly send us some voicemails about your strange New Year's Eve, either of today or the past, and we'll see what that sounds like. Yeah, that's a good idea. A lot of people have had bad New Year's Eve events. Absolutely, they have. Screwed up the countdown. You felt the pressure to kiss the person next to you because that's a sort of a thing, you know? Like Christmas has the mistletoe, New Year's Eve, like when a clock strikes midnight, you do the countdown and you kiss someone. What's mm -hmm. with. Yeah, some New Year's Eve rejection stories would be nice. Mm, what's with the holidays trying to make you kiss people? I don't know. Weird. I'm, I'm for it. People kiss year round. I mean, that's it's true. A, it's not a seasonal activity. Hey, but certainly don't. it's very encouraged around the holidays. Um, I do like to choose a New Year's resolution, though. I don't do resolutions, really. What I do is I, I come up with a goal and maybe a new project during 2024. I haven't necessarily thought of what it will be for me personally or professionally. But I, when I come up with something, I'll share it. Maybe on the next okay, episode. Great. Yeah, yeah that'll well. be nice to hear. I'll never, I don't do resolutions, so okay. I'm just telling you that right now. I'll think of one for you. 
Yeah, well, that could be your resolution for me is to start doing resolutions. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Handsome Aaron Airport. Until next time, if you see someone pushing a rack of coats and they're not like, if they, if they don't look like they work in a store, <laughs> something's probably up. Notify the attendee of the train. Yes, and Jordan, until next time, uh, stay away from my mailbox. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, let us know about it. As well, if you have any thoughts, opinions, theories, or feedback on any of the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear about that too. The best way to reach us is by sending a voice memo using the app on nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. Now, before we wrap things up here, let me give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the intro and outro voiceovers for this series, and Monty Data, who contributes the closing rendition of O Canada. But then lastly, and most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Lori, K-Post, and Samantha, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else out there who'd like to support the show, you can do that in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show. But perhaps even sweeter than that, the premium feed will give you the episodes two days early, give them to you ad-free, and give you access to a full back catalog of episodes. You can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback, or submit a question or comment for an upcoming episode, again, you can do that at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, let us know if you've seen anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. And now to our viewers and listeners everywhere. Good night. Hello. Um, I have been taking pictures of aliens and their crafts for um, many, many, many years. I have close-ups of the... Uh, I have aliens, I have close-ups of their crafts, I have close-ups of them taking their power, the different types of ships, uh, ships. Um, I have close-ups of where they hide, I have uh, evidence that they walk among us, in fact I have one walking among us um, in the broad daylight, I have um, knowledge of how, or I think I have knowledge of how they do that, I have markings of them where they, they stay, I have anyways I, I have <laughs> picture evidence of all this and I would love for it to be tested and be sent out at some point because it needs to um, it needs to be seen to be believed.